Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It has been a jam-packed first hour of the show and so much more to do here in hour number two. It's Chris Carl and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN's app as well as on SiriusXM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Spent a lot of the first hour talking about the fallout from the Deshaun Watson trade to the Browns, but not as much on exactly how that affects the rest of the quarterback dominoes that have yet to drop. And one of those dominoes involves the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. And Courtney, uh, this came out over the weekend uh, as Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, said that in in a brief article yesterday that, As they hear it, John Lynch is telling teams that he has an offer in hand for two second-round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. And my question to that would be, what are you waiting for? Why are you not making that deal immediately? Because I... If I'm a team inquiring about Jimmy Garoppolo, I am not going to be desperate enough to give up a first-round pick. And two second-round picks sounds pretty darn good to me at this point if I'm the San Francisco 49ers. If you do believe that Trey Lance is ready to be your guy. And that's a big if, but if that's where you are, you have to make that trade as soon as possible. Yeah, and I mean the play, like the team acquired Jimmy Garoppolo in a trade in 2017 for one second round pick. So getting two now for Jimmy Garoppolo, you make return on your investment. So I think it's a I think it'd be a no-brainer for a team like the Indianapolis Colts to get into the sweepstakes, but we don't know which team that was. That that could have very well been the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers are sitting there saying, absolutely no way we are trading you to a division opponent that we're going to have to face twice a year. But I do think that it's time. They need to see what they have in Trey Lance. You don't spend all of that draft capital and move all the way up to drafting a quarterback within the top three last year if you don't think that that guy is eventually going to take over the position and do it very well. Like, he had his one year under Jimmy Garoppolo, his one year where he's in a couple goal line packages, played sparingly here and there due to injuries. Like, it's time. It's time to, like, switch over to who you believe is the future at the quarterback position, and you can cash in while doing so and getting good value, which two second-round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty good value. I don't care if it is to the the Seattle Seahawks. You know more about Jimmy Garoppolo than anybody, so you should be able to handle that. I don't fear Jimmy Garoppolo coming into my building. It's a little different than trading Deshaun Watson to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, that is much different to me. And then secondly, you know, on the front of Trey Lance, I will pose this question because I am very much of the opinion that if he had it to do over again, Knowing how this whole quarterback offseason has gotten crazy as it has, there is no way John Lynch would make that trade again to move up and get Trey Lance because those three first-round picks would have served him much better to go get somebody that was immediately established. Do you think he would do it again if he could? I guess we just don't know if, if we if we could have like a clear cut answer on what Trey Lance is and what the capabilities are for him in taking over as a, in a second year, then maybe not because I think that they looked at this and said, okay, 
Jimmy Garoppolo was lightning in a bottle in 2019. Could they replicate that in 2020? No, because their whole team was hurt. So they wanted to give him one more chance to see if they could catch the lightning in a bottle with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they did. They made it to the NFC Championship game, and the question then was always going to be, man, do you really want to move on from him just yet? Like, I think we're going to keep doing this song and dance until they just cut the umbilical cord and move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and send him somewhere that they don't have to face him all that often, i.e. Indianapolis, potentially the New Orleans Saints. Uh, if they're looking to upgrade and they don't want to have Jameis Winston or you know stay on as their quarterback in 2022, there's ways to get this done. And I don't know if John Lynch would look at this. I mean, he's a young GM still. He's, he's made his fair share of really good moves and some mistakes, but I don't know if the price was the same thing that we saw with Garoppolo when they first got him that he could say no to that because uh, just for, for having him for a second-round pick and keeping him in the fold and then realizing that, okay, we need to start thinking about the future here because we've seen Jimmy's ceiling. I can't blame him for doing what he did last year. Now, I don't know if he would do it again, giving up that same amount um, given like what we saw from the entire draft class, really outside of Mac Jones, and even then he struggled of the of the five quarterbacks that were taken in the first fifteen picks. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus in for Greeny. Try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. And then there is the former MVP that is potentially available and may even get moved by the end of the day. That is because Matt Ryan is due a $7.5 million roster bonus by the end of today that he moved back last week and that was uh, a move that he made to try to help the team uh, given his relationship with Arthur Blank uh, had they been able to land Deshaun Watson now if I'm the Indianapolis Colts and that's where I want to focus it for a moment Courtney because they are the team that I think has the best chance to win and has to figure out which answer is best Garoppolo, Mayfield, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the best option of the three to me for the Colts right now, knowing you're probably not going to have to give up a lot for him in return and what he is still capable of versus what I have for him to work with. Yeah, I think that he should absolutely be in this conversation and hopefully we end up do do finding out today whether this is going to happen it just makes a whole ton of sense because Frank Reich made it work before with an older pocket passer in in Philip Rivers you can follow that same sort of blueprint with someone like Matt Ryan who you know is in his upper 30s who knows how many more years he's going to play like if you're looking for your stopgap option and you don't have a lot of draft capital right now remember they don't have a first round pick because that went to Philly in exchange for Carson Wentz so they don't have a lot to work with if they were going to try to like get you know a big ticket free agent or somebody that was you know via trade I mean those options are, are moot that that doesn't exist anymore this one actually would because it's not going to command you a first round pick or something along those lines I think that you can make do with the draft capital that you have send a second send a third send one from next year's class maybe and end up taking on a big portion of that salary because he had the highest cap hit of any player 
and there were the rumored reports about a restructure, and then it wasn't actually on the books. It didn't go through, and everything that happened last week as the team was trying to prepare itself in its salary cap to get in position for Deshaun Watson, you know, now they can negotiate. Now they can figure out, okay, we're taking on this much, you're taking on this much, or you're going to take on all of Matt Ryan's salary, give him a short-term extension, let him finish out his career in Indianapolis, and we'll gladly take a second and a third for him in exchange. If you're Matt Ryan, that that would be a, a situation that I think has to just excite you, just really give you a chance to kind of reinvigorate you a little bit for a chance before the end of your career to potentially go and win again. And I've got Jonathan Taylor in that offensive line. Give me every single opportunity to get there. He's a safe quarterback. Like this is why the Indianapolis Colts were interested in Kirk Cousins and obviously no trade ended up coming through there. They want a safe quarterback. You have a great offensive line. You've got serviceable receivers. Maybe you can get some more in the draft because they're a lot in the second round. Uh, you have a great running back in Jonathan Taylor, and you'd be getting someone in Matt Ryan who has thrown for at least 4,000 yards every single season since 2011. And in, two, in 2021, he was 32 yards shy of that. You know why? He also didn't have Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones. So... You're not getting the most athletic or physically intimidating quarterback, but that's never been his calling. So I think, you know, his ability to read defenses, take what they give him, and, you know, do the do the minimum. You know, work, take the layups if you want to call it that. Like, do everything that you need to do in order to function in this offense. It's a win-win situation, and it's one that if the Colts aren't on the phone with Atlanta today, like right now, they should be. If you're like me and you're like America, your bracket is in flames. And one of the big reasons why is going to join us next. We'll hear from the coach of one of the great stories of the NCAA tournament in moments. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. The Madness continues. Westwood One, NCAA Radio Network. And Iowa State, who won two games all of last season, has won two games in upset fashion in Milwaukee the next year. And the Cyclones are going to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2016. This is ESPN Radio. An absolutely remarkable story the Cyclones have become over the last few days. First, it was the six-seed LSU that goes down, and then Wisconsin in Milwaukee loses to Iowa State, who, as you heard on the NCAA radio network from Westwood One, won just two games a year ago. Their head coach is T.J. Otzelberger, who joins us right now. Coach, it's Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin filling in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio, and we appreciate the time. Congratulations, I guess the first question, Coach, is just simply, in your first season, how? How have you gotten here? We've been really fortunate that uh, the guys that were here, as well as the transfers that we brought in, they had a very workmanlike approach uh, immediately in the summer when we got everybody together. And they've continued those habits each and every day, and, and they've helped us build confidence in what we can do. And uh, as we've had success, that confidence has grown so Really thankful uh, to the young men in our program, how they've continued to work and uh, what they've been able to accomplish as a result. Now, you lost your top three scorers from last season after they entered the transfer portal, and then Iowa State goes and gets three new players out of the transfer portal. I'm wondering how that process works as a coach in in replacing talent that you lost and in trying to find the right fit from players who come from other programs. Like, How did you go about doing that in getting this group together? Well, we wanted to start with uh, guys that had a very low ego, that were hard workers, that were production-driven, that wanted more of a, a role or to step up uh, and do more than they had done at their previous spot. And what's so hard to tell in, in the transfer portal when you're evaluating is that, um, you know, in a short period of time, you have to try to figure out if it's a match. It's almost like speed dating, what you're looking for and what that, uh, the young man is looking for. And we were fortunate. Um, the guys that we were looking for really wanted to, to be about the work every single day. Uh, they talked about it. When, when we said to them what opportunity we had, we asked them how they'd work for it. And the guys have, uh, they've stepped up to do that. Isaiah Brockington and Gabe Kelsher are two guys that have led us that way, and uh, they both had some huge games uh, to help us there in uh, in Milwaukee. Coach, I did speed dating. It didn't work for me like it did for you, that's for sure. It's Chris Carlin <laughs> and Courtney Cronin uh, in for Greeny with T.J. Otzelberger, head coach at Iowa State. Um, just take me back, and it's a sore memory, and it's only 10 days ago, but you lose by 30 in the tournament, and then all of a sudden your team is able to turn it on. How does a coach see that transformation that quick? We always talk about moving on to the next moment, but when it's when it's such a stark situation like that was, how was your team able to do it? Well, you know, we, our guys have had a very short-term memory. When you play in the Big 12, it's the best league in the country, and you're going to you're going to have nights like that. And Texas Tech is arguably the best defense in the entire nation. And we can struggle to score at times. And so everything was going against us. Uh, we we're fortunate that by losing uh, right away on Thursday, 
gave us a little more time to get to the practice floor before the tournament started to reconnect and re-engage with the habits we had built early in the season uh, when we had started 12-0. and And our guys did a great job with it. So, you know, getting back to that practice court and, and competing uh, and flying around and, and building our confidence, you know, through that, that hard work was really impactful that we had that time going to the tournament. I want to know about these early morning soccer field workouts that hmm. your players have talked about. It's It's been a you know constant thing brought up during media availability in the tournament. What do those entail, um, and where did you get the idea for it? Well, we, we want to start our days early. We, we operate with the mindset that we're up earlier and, and we get more out of our day. also think it's so important that young men – you know, develop the time management skills that they need to move forward to maximize their day. So um, we started with that. Our strength coach, Pete Link, does a terrific job putting together a program to get our guys uh, in excellent shape. And we decided that if we started with some morning workouts uh, in the dark and as we concluded those runs and conditioning sessions, um, as it got light out, that there's a psychological effect for our guys of, of what we're doing and, and how we're investing and in doing that together. And there's such a value in team and guys seeing each other go through things that are hard and doing it together. And um, again, like I said, just lucky to have such a group that they've embraced that work uh, and haven't wavered uh, since the summer. Coach, last one for me. Is it just an anomaly, a weird situation where your team is undefeated in non-conference play this year, you mentioned going 12-0, and 0, and you've got the likes of Xavier and Memphis and Creighton and Iowa, teams that you had beaten earlier in the year, and here you are in the postseason continuing to be undefeated in non-conference play. Is it just a weird anomaly, or is there something to it? Well, when you look at the numbers, the Big 12 certainly has some of the better defenses across the country, and I think there's been points in time where five or six of uh, the teams have been in the top 10 in terms of the defensive analytics. So certainly uh, the level of physical play, the athleticism, uh, the versatility that teams have in the Big 12 is at a very high level. And at times that's really given us challenges uh, with our group offensively. Outside of the league, when you, know, when you play others, I feel like we're really well prepared as a result of that. Our guys don't um, you know, they don't lose confidence when we've had some adversity. They keep moving forward. And so I think it's a credit really to our conference, the great coaches and players in our league that, you know, they do such a great job that it helps prepare us when we play folks outside our league. Coach, we appreciate the time. Best of luck against Miami this week in Chicago should be entertaining and good luck on continuing this run. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, Courtney. T.J. Otzelberger, head coach at Iowa State. Like, I almost winced when he mentioned speed dating. Like, back in my single days, that did not go well. Like, I am not somebody that's going to make a good impression in a three- or four-minute conversation. I mean, he made a good point, though, about, like, what the transfer portal is. I think a lot of people look at that and say, oh, well, these these players who end up leaving teams, they already have where they want to go in mind, and that's probably not the case. And the fact that Iowa State had to re, like replace three-fifths of their scoring from a year ago and do it in such a quick fashion in finding guys that are the right fit who want to, like, you know, a lot of guys who entered the transfer portal do it because their role was not what they wanted it to be with their primary with their initial team. And finding people who were actually able to, like, carve out a role for themselves in a lineup here in Big 12 play 
and do so successfully, that's not exactly easy. And, and it doesn't sound like he had a lot of time to really put that group together, and somehow it worked. So <laughs> hats off to him and hats off to, you know, the benefit of the transfer portal. First time it happened, first time he had the whole group together was on June 10th this past year, and here they are now in the Sweet 16. Absolutely remarkable story for Iowa State. One that probably gets a little underplayed because of what we've seen with St. Peter's and some of the others uh, in the tournament so far. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified by data from over five and a half millions ASC certified technicians with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Up next, you thought things were bad in Jacksonville this past year. Turns out It was a heck of a lot worse than any of us realized. We'll tell you what we're talking about. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Crazy, crazy weekend in March Madness. We all know that. It continues with the women's tournament tonight. Chris uh, Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. There's also the story around the NFL, including one guy who was projected to be a very high draft pick who unfortunately suffered an awful injury, and that's David Ajabu, who had a torn Achilles. There was video of him uh, that surfaced from him uh, getting hurt. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was at Michigan's Pro Day, was it not? Mm-hmm. It was. And as a result, uh, Ajabo now, who played opposite Aiden Hutchinson and somebody that a lot of teams really um, – regarded very highly, probably drops now from the first round, maybe into the second round at this point. It's such a horrible story for that young man. And if you look at, you can look at his situation one of two ways. Number one, well, he's playing opposite Aiden Hutchinson. So it's going to be a little bit easier for him to get some production because of all the attention that Hutchinson's going to get. But it does not take away from what his physical skills are. 
And his physical skills show that this is a guy with tremendous explosion. And obviously teams viewed him very highly because of that. But I always wonder what's going to happen with a player in particular uh, when they are somebody that played uh, across from a tremendous player on the other side. You know, when you have a defensive player who comes from a team with a great defense overall, how good is that going to translate? And for Ajabo, that's what I was really wondering about. Now, you would hope that he could have a an outcome to this that was similar to what the Rams had with Cam Akers. He was in the exact same situation uh, in terms of the injury with in a torn Achilles, and he missed just six months for the Rams. And to me, if that's where you can get with a young guy like Ajabo, uh, then you could be a team that could absolutely get a steal from him in the second round if you're able to pull him out of the draft. And, Courtney, what I was just saying is just simply that if you're a team that is fortunate enough to get a Jabo back, uh, to get a Jabo in the second round, if this is an injury that he can come back from, uh, similar to what Cam Akers did in six months, you're going to be getting an incredible bargain. Yeah, I remember seeing the tweet from Adam Schefter yesterday comparing the situation and that Cam Akers did come back after six months. I just worry that we set the bar at a, an unrealistic expectation. This is a torn Achilles, after all. These are not things that you can quickly bounce back from. Cam Akers is a physical freak. I know this because I covered him throughout like his high school years and saw him do things I'd never seen another human being be able to do physically. So I don't know if we can use him as like the example and the prototype for how you come back from these injuries. It's tough because if David Ajabo was, as many had projected, a first-round pick, you're losing out on a ton of money from you know what happened at a pro day. And I think this really brings up, from what I've heard from a lot of agents, the need for these college players to have some sort of union that protects them because the NFL has all the leverage. The teams have all the leverage at the Combine, the Senior Bowl, Pro Days, all of these workouts that these prospects have to go through by and large, in order to get drafted, and there's no real protection for themselves. So I don't know what else he could have done, and it just it, it just it doesn't sit well with me. I mean, we've talked about, like, the video. We've talked about the reaction from scouts there. I don't, I don't fault, um, you know, I, I, this happens. This is football. This is a sport where non-contact injuries are a thing, and they're very prevalent. I just I, I think the video that is surfacing right now, Bucky Brooks from NFL Network ended up putting it out there, and I watched it. It just made me so sad. And yes, there's another cut, and there's at least a photo that is also surfacing of people tending to him after a while where he's laying there writhing in pain. The thing that doesn't sit well with me, Chris, is when the coach or whoever it was, whether it was a scout uh, or whether it was like you know an NFL coach who was leading the workout at this pro day, goes and picks up the ball and goes on to something else. Yeah. But this is the culture, like, and I think about it as like a journalist, somebody who's, you know, covering games, and when there is a catastrophic injury or an injury, and you can tell immediately that guy just tore his ACL, you're watching it. 
you're trying to process it and then you have to move on to the next thing like that's just this business and that's the tough part about it where we have to look ourselves in the mirror and realize it's not egregious it's not like there's no malicious intent it's just like how we have been raised in this business and how scouts coaches the whole thing have been conditioned to accept that these are the realities of the game they have no way it's no choice they like this is the only way you play football in the NFL it's the only way to get paid for doing so so I understand fans and in myself alike, you know, seeing that and just it, it makes your heart hurt because you realize this young man was going through a pro day workout and something really unfortunate happened. But this is this is the norm in football. Injuries happen. And it's that next man up mentality that apparently, you know, goes right along to pro days and the combine and everything else where when guys get hurt, when they're trying to make the jump from the college level to the pros. It's not that people don't care. It's just that they've got jobs to do, too. I just it did feel like there was a little bit of a lack of empathy in that moment. It was very clear he was not getting up. It wasn't that he just had like a cramp and fell down. I would have liked to have seen more people rush right over to him and not worried about trying to get on to the next drill. Yeah, but I mean, it, it just not to belabor the point, but there's never a more apt uh, visual that could describe what the league is. Yeah. Like, that's it right there. And that that's all I can think about when you see something like that. And it's, it's absolutely awful, but at the same time, it's clearly all the league is ever about. And we see that in so many different forms right now, not even when it just comes to injury. Frankly, what we're seeing right now with Deshaun Watson, it's just who can play for us and who can help us win. And that's all that matters. Tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Chris Carlin, Courtney Crow and in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Boy, story in The Athletic today from Jason Jenks and Mike Sando about Urban Meyer and how bad things got down in Jacksonville this season. As bad as we thought they were, not just the Josh Lambeau kicking, uh, having Urban Meyer kick him, uh, all of the issues that happened with him off the field that happened in the bar with the young woman, all of that stuff. It was even worse than we thought, Courtney. You read some of the quotes from this story. Myers saying to uh, players that one of his players had missed an assignment during a preseason game that led to a busted play, and he was so enraged the next day he said if the mistake ever happened again, he would cut every single one of his players and, quote, do you know what would happen if I cut you guys? You couldn't get a job paying more than $15 an hour. Oof. I mean, there's there some, is there's some tropes in that cringeworthy. And I know the, the quote that he said um, that was that the, the quote that's in here that really struck me was there was a, a player who ran the wrong route after practice and um, or uh, during during a, a practice and Urban Meyer went up to Trevor Lawrence apparently according to sources who you know heard whatever this exchange was it was John Brown so he's a veteran receiver he's been with a lot of different teams um, he signed with, to, with with the Jaguars as a free agent last year he ran the wrong route and the quote here is that 
afterwards, when these two were working on this exact play in practice, Urban Meyer allegedly said, hey, Trevor, you've got to slow it down from him. These boys from the South, their transcripts ain't right. And John Brown is from Florida, has made a really nice NFL career for himself. But my goodness, like we can't look past things like that. When you see that in print, it just feels like that much more worse. And to know what these players and these coaches and the personnel staff, I mean, he's in the meeting with scouts, probably in advance, and says scouts are lazy. Scouts are in the meeting with you. Like, just like the audacity that this human being had to belittle people that were right in front of him. I know we've talked about the things that Urban Meyer was able to get away with in college and, you know, clearly thought he could get away with in the NFL, but ate a big slice of humble pie very quickly. And it translated to his team not going the way that he expected it to and losing. And he doesn't take losing well. And along the way, he tried to burn everything down around him because he was the crux of the problem. And I know that there are always fans who say, well, why doesn't this stuff come out like while it's while it's unfolding. Clearly the fear of retribution from Urban Meyer to the players and coaches that he was threatening on a weekly, daily basis of, like, if you don't do your job better, I'm going to fire you, I'm going to cut you, you're going to not have a job that makes more than $15 an hour. Of course no one's going to talk about this in season. They're just trying to get through. They go into survival mode. And that's... um. I don't know if Urban Meyer's ever going to have another job again when stuff like this continues to come out. Most certainly we'll never see the NFL level again. What college coach, which college program is going to hire him as a coach, knowing that he has to like groom young people to be upstanding members of society and teach them <laughs> how to do things the right way when he can't do anything the right way? Like, goodness, this is just more of a stain on his reputation. And I, have, I haven't seen him surface anytime soon. I don't know if you have. I don't know if he will. I don't think it's going to surface uh, surface this year. It will next year. It absolutely you, so you, will. You're, next year. you're convinced he's going to get a job somewhere else. With everything that we see, including what we spent today talking about, no doubt, Courtney. I mean, just to make an ex- just to give you an example, couldn't you see the University of Tennessee hiring him? No. With everything that's going on with Tennessee, I could absolutely see that down the road. I mean, if you're doing it for recruiting purposes only, sure. But what recruits are you going to get now? I mean, he just insulted the entire South, a a talent-rich region, by calling these players, most of whom on this roster, which I went and looked it up, are African-American players, calling them stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. How the hell are you going to let your kid go play for this guy when you know what he really feels about you? Hell no. I'm I'm not saying not. Yeah, I mean, and all I can tell you is at some point, I'm not ruling it out. I could see some other school absolutely giving him a chance. And there... There's other things. I mean, all of those are probably the most troubling. Not probably. They are the most troubling things. DJ Shark was one of the players who put his name to some of the quotes. Um, The way he was running the ship, it was impossible to succeed. And DJ Shark apparently broke his finger in a drill that was called winners and losers. And it was one-on-one drills, something that we see all of the time that happens with – you know, in in training camp and such like that, where, yeah, there are one-on-one drills, but the losers of these drills have to stay after and do more drills, and apparently Shark broke his finger because he had to stay uh, and do more of that. And then, <laughs> this is a tough one to take. If you're just a Jags fan from a football standpoint, aside from the other stuff that's more offensive, 
from a football standpoint. This is directly from the article. Meyer said he conducted a six-month deep dive on the NFL that included interviews with some of his players from Florida and Ohio State. But multiple sources said he was unfamiliar with star players around the league. (laughs) Quote, who's this 99 guy on the Rams? I'm hearing he might be a problem for us. To be fair, (laughs) devil's advocate here. A lot of teams in the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks included, still have not been able to figure out who this 99 guy is <laughs> and figure out, like, how to figure out what his name him. is, at least. Um, but, oh, my goodness. Like, just you think about everything that transpired at this point last year when he was all huffing and puffing about the free agent process because it wasn't like recruiting that he did in college. And it almost felt like he was mad that he couldn't manipulate the rules of how this thing is done, considering there is a I bet I guarantee you Urban Meyer has no clue what the collective bargaining agreement is between the league and the players union. I guarantee that because if he did, he would know that free agency isn't just like being able to call whoever you want and recruit whoever you want and, and and do things the way that he did at Ohio State. The baggage was there with him going into the NFL. I don't think we've seen something blow up this quickly, though, and in this spectacular fashion with any other first-year head coach who made the jump from college or any first-year head coach, period, in the NFL, whether they were in college or not, more than Urban Meyer. And I got to commend DJ Chark for putting his name on this and attaching his name to these quotes because that's a brave thing to do because teams, you know, I know he just got uh, a nice deal uh, from the Detroit Lions as a free agent. He gets his fresh start. You know, teams look at that stuff and they say, oh, is this guy going to be a problem in our locker room if things don't go right and start talking? I think that it was brave of him to come out and put his name to these quotes and to explain what the heck was actually going on behind the scenes. These people need to know, like, this is the reality of your NFL team. There's chaos and dysfunction on every team, but to the level it was at in Jacksonville is absurd. And I wonder, I mean, there's no like legal action anybody can take against Urban Meyer. I mean, you know, any sort of like emotional distress that you can file for that doesn't come to like, you know, a, a legal basis. But my God, some of these people have really got to be rethinking, why did I get into the NFL if these <laughs> are the type of coaches I'm dealing with? And maybe they'll get a fresh start here. Hopefully Doug Peterson can right the ship and actually get morale up in that building because – even now, it seems like it's pretty low. And I know at the end of that story, they had quoted a veteran player who said in the days after Urban Meyer was fired, which came, you know, the second week of December, which came, you know, about four or five weeks too long. He probably should have been fired at the bye week for not flying back with his team. I don't care that he went to a bar uh, in his hometown of Columbus, Ohio. He didn't take the plane back with his team to fl- to Florida. That's That's like amateur hour. But... I'm hoping that you know, they're able to turn this culture around because they felt relief when he was gone. And that's never a good sign where it's like, oh, we can breathe. We don't feel like we have to be looking over our shoulder 24-7. Nobody wants to walk into any job environment and feel that way. One final thought on the Watson situation. What's on your mind is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. This from Daniel on Twitter. Folks, the Browns did look into the court filing record, so it's not just the homework that they wanted to do. They didn't talk to any of the accusers or Tony Busby, their lawyer, about any of this. And this is exactly what the Browns wanted. They only went as far as they felt like they wanted to 
because they, they only want to dig up anything so much. else. Yeah. yeah, if you if you dig up more and find more out that's going to potentially like become a bigger black eye for you, why would you go that route? It's like just do like the bare minimum and yeah. say that you did your due diligence. That was Daniel on Twitter checking in with it. The, the, the due diligence now, all due diligence means is that you can spell the words due diligence in your statement. That's really what it seems to boil down to now. Because when we're talking about real investigations, it doesn't seem to be anything more than just a cute little thought. Because that's the way this seemed to play out. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, and for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.